Hi, and welcome to Entertainment Marketing Confidential. I'm one of your hosts, Craig. I'm Daphne. And today we're joined once again by our fabulous producer, Eric. Thank you for calling me fabulous. It's one of my favorite words. You're also magnificent. Aww. Aww. <laughs> and great. It's so nice today. Well, it's it's the appliances you have fighting on your YouTube channel that just really is your I've, so, I've had people ask me to make another one, but I don't know how to, I don't know besides a Roomba, what else can fight? <laughs> oh, there's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of stuff you can find. Yeah, I'll have to ponder this because I feel coffee pots are assholes. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Craig Stove. <laughs> so far, we're getting along just fine. So, uh, welcome to everyone. We're, uh, we're doing a little special episode here. Wanted to talk about John Hughes. As you know, Daphne and I are big John Hughes fans. Uh, he was a prolific screenwriter and film director and producer over his career. And uh, most of his stuff, I'd say, was done in the 1980s, which is also a time period that we're both very fond of. I think Eric's fond of it as well, or at least maybe now he is. Yes. <laughs> but uh, John Hughes, he was uh, he was. Born in the Midwest, he's born in uh, Illinois, I believe, and um, Central Time Zone. <laughs> yeah, that's the Central Time Zone for those of you concerned about <laughs> what time it, uh, it may be there. It's two hours earlier than uh, Daphne and Eric. <laughs> also, the time zone I reside in, so that's actually the reason we're doing this. Anyway, uh, yeah, he was born there. Um, he started out. Uh, I believe he was uh, selling jokes to uh, various comedians on TV and then ended up working with uh, National Lampoon magazine and uh, wrote a screenplay that he he gave to them. And that turned out to be the film National Lampoon's Vacation, which uh, came out in 1983, turned out to be a huge hit and jump started his career as well as many of the people in that film. So we're going to go through some of his movies and talk about brands that were involved in those and just uh, our overall affinity for for both of those things. What? What? Yeah. Surprise. <laughs> I didn't want to tell you guys what we were doing today until now. So now you know. Oh. So right. anyway, National Lampoon's Vacation. Oh, one of my favorites. Yeah. It's a great movie. Watched it again yesterday and watched a making of documentary on the film, which was very interesting. But uh, yeah, it uh, came out in 1983. The uh, production was uh, very interesting. They had to travel. They traveled cross country the same way the Griswolds did in the film. Oh, uh, so I'm curious. Did they shoot that? I wonder if that was shot, not chronologically, but like, did they start on one end and just kind of road trip the crew or? They did. Yeah. They basically started in, uh, in the Chicago area. And then they drove all the places you see in the film. That's the kind of the path that they took. They ended up in LA and finished shooting there. Um, I'd like to point out that I'm obsessed with the Griswolds. I love all their movies. And I actually took my kids to the grand Canyon and I tried to stay at that hotel they stayed at, but it was booked. But I've basically, once we get to European vacation, I'll dive more into that. But that is one I think everyone can relate to. I mean, I'm an only child, but being shoved in a car with your family and driving through 
like my dad taking me to San Francisco, I think it's something that we all can relate to. And I think that's just a movie that, I mean, you see it, you love it. Oh yeah. I mean, I, I think that's why it still resonates today is because everyone has a, a family vacation story or experience that, uh, you know, they can relate to some of the things that those people did in the film. Maybe not specifically, but you know, it's the overall, like you said, getting in the car, you're stuck with your family you're in a, you know, you're traveling across country for a week or two weeks. And there were a couple brands that stood out to me. Um, it was uh, Lacoste was actually in that one. Um, it was Izod then. No, no. Oh, it was Izod then. Well, you you would know better than I. But, but yeah, Anthony Michael Hall and Chevy Chase both wore yeah. uh, Izod shirts in the film. Of course, the Ferrari is a major one. Christy Brinkley drove that red Ferrari. So iconic. Yeah, yeah, it was amazing. And then uh, Coors was another standout. That was the beer that Randy Quaid was drinking at the farmhouse. <laughs> he, he, uh, he offered Clark an ice cold one. So, uh, yeah, he, he drank the beer almost to, to completion, then handed that one to Chevy Chase and then opened a fresh one for himself. But uh, great, great placement, great hands on. I wonder what brand those ugly white leather shoes were. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't see. <laughs> they were pretty awesome, though. Yeah. Yeah. You're getting a pair. Right? Yeah. But it was. Yeah. It was a great movie. And uh, on that making of, I, f I discovered that they actually had a different ending to the film that didn't play well with the test audiences. So they had to go back and do four days of reshoots and shoot a new ending. They brought John Hughes back in to rewrite the end to the story and uh, reshot it. And that's the ending that we all know and love today. All right. So you'd say not a ton of brands. No, there weren't a ton of brands. I mean, it was, uh, yeah, not a ton that were identifiable anyway, but you know, you had the, the family and the different stops. It was more about the journey in that I, one. So I think the winners definitely, okay. First of all, you completely, the electric P family truckster, that station wagon, where the fuck that thing was, is amazing. But it I was think metallic. It was metallic P. That was metallic the metallic P. That's yeah, cool. and that was Eugene Levy, who was the yeah. car salesman there. Yeah. The winning like that, I think Izod, just from the fact that every time we see a photo from that film, it's Chevy Chase in that shirt, and mm -hmm. obviously Christy Brinkley in that car. Like I think those are the ones that I don't know. I think will live forever. Oh yeah, I mean yeah. it's still it's still going strong. I mean. 1983. So anyway, that was the, uh, that's the first one on the list. The next one I'd like to talk about, or Daphne would like to talk about is Mr. Mom. Uh, also from 1983. I'm telling you, I, I think so many of my favorite movies were written or somehow, you know, touched by John Hughes. And what's really funny about revisiting Mr. Mom, the second we went on the stay at home order, pretty much everyone I know felt I was going to be a version of, Michael Keaton at the beginning of Mr. Mom, or maybe a little bit of Goldie Hawn and overboard Annie Goolahy. Needless to say, the bar was pretty low for me. So this was kind of fun to watch again. Um, what was really interesting about this one, you had sort of some usual suspects of the eighties. They like there's McDonald's and KFC on a conference table. There's a Cheerio verbal. Um, 
what's what I thought was really interesting is they do a grocery store scene where there's a million brands. And as Michael Keaton's character is kind of puttering through the store, you see a lot of blur. Like when I say blurry, it's like out of focus. I think it was like CNC Cola. Like, what is that? And then they kind of stop right in front of the biggest seven up display I've ever seen. Like it literally goes down an aisle and kind of curls around. And then sort of in the background, they hit Van Camp's chili and knock over that display. And then the great hands-on where he has to buy Kotex, which is a feminine product for his wife. I love that scene. <laughs> and it tied. But what was interesting about the grocery store scene, the brands you see in the grocery store, they come back later in the film. And my favorite is he, <laughs> he has the wrong kid in the cart and there's this huge Bacardi display. And as we all know, Bacardi and Coke Zero is what making this home arrest worthwhile and possible. Uh, what's really interesting is a lot of diet Pepsi, which I thought was weird. Um, but as you go into the story, there's, you fed, fed a baby chili, they're cooking with Van Camps. Like the, the, that brand that tipped over in the grocery store comes up again. Um, there's a scene where Michael Keaton's trying to do laundry. He puts in too much Tide. Um, well, we all know that it bubbles over. Um, and I tell Unless you. Unless you haven't seen the movie, then. Well, I'm telling you, there's a lot of um, and then we're noticing, like, pretty much, I thought Lowenbrow was going to be the beer winner of the 80s. But, man, more Miller Lite. Um, Pepsi Lite pops up again. And then Pepsi Free, which I thought, whoa, that's a lot of Pepsi in this one. And Beverly Hills Hotel was a location. And there's a tray of Jack Daniels, which I fully support that as well. So I thought that was kind of fun. So I think. What about Schooner Tuna? Fake brand. Oh, man. With a heart. You know, that shit was just too expensive. And they, let's just drop the price of that a couple of cents until this crisis is over. Okay. I, and, John, and John Hughes wrote that script, but he did not direct that, right? His writing. I don't know. You're the, you're IMD Craig. That's, know. yes. He wrote that. He did not direct that. He <laughs> wrote it. But. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's a great one. It's definitely a classic. Um, let's see. The next one on our list is 16 Candles, I believe. That was me, 1984. Oh, my God. <clears throat> Another favorite. I think this is one movie. I mean, my kids have seen it a thousand times. Um, from a placement standpoint, it seemed like a lot of cars. Like you had a Buick Chrysler. And then I love the grandma opening the Entenmann's with her cigarette and her long nails. Um, there's a Polaroid. Um, but I think really the standout placements of this film is or are <laughs> were <laughs> lessons were the Rolls Royce when Anthony Michael Hall drives home Jake Ryan's girlfriend. Um, but I think the most beautiful, the perfect, the lovely, perfectly colored, perfect production design, everything about the ending with Jake Ryan standing in front of his Porsche, picking up Sam like that is just, it pulls at the heartstrings. It's, you know, he's such a cool, it just, everything about that is such a beautiful placement. What the fuck are you doing through the screen? Pulling at the heartstrings. Oh, that's your jerking. <laughs> I was like, this Bleep. is a podcast later. <laughs> no, but I think Porsche wins that one. And I think it's such a, it's such a sweet family movie. Um, and then my daughter just turned 16. So it's something we've been, you know, we've watched recently as well. Yeah. So, John Cusack and his sister both had small roles in that yes. too, didn't they? They did. Yeah. Okay. Eric, have you seen any of these films yet that we're talking about? Um, for John, I think I've just seen uh, Ferris Bueller. So it was 1980. Oh, and Breakfast Club. 
Well, Breakfast Club is the next one. Hey, on hey, our hey, list. hey, hey, slow yeah. your roll. Yeah. Okay, I'm sorry. You asked which John Hughes movies I've seen. Of course, Breakfast Club. That was a good, a good mention. That's the next one on our list. Came out in 1985. Obviously, an amazing film, a landmark film. Jump started many careers. Uh, as far as brands, Don't go, you the two forget about me. What's that? <laughs> oh, sorry. Don't, 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 don't. The brands in that one, there weren't a whole lot because the film takes place over the course of one day in the school library for the most part. Those two brands, especially one in particular, which I'm assuming you're going to mention, they get so much screen Mm -hmm. time. I'm not mentioning them. One wardrobe change and sort of, you know, it takes place over eight hours. So whatever shows up, shows up. Nine if you include lunch. Oh, good point. You know, uh, there's a lot of... We're all about technicalities here, so... Oh, Okay. It was Coca-Cola and Nike. Those are the two that stood out. Coca-Cola, they got during their lunch break. And uh, great, some great shots of the Coke cans on the tables in the library. And then Nike was being worn by Emilio Estevez, who was a wrestler in the film. And, so, and I need to add to this list, which I think is really interesting. Um, BMW, uh, Molly Ringwald's dad drives a BMW. And what's interesting is BMW pops up throughout a lot of these movies. And what I think is really interesting is for the purpose of these films, you know, it's we're just like bougie, you know, upper middle class. Like it, like they're on screen was just like, hi, we're wealthy and kind of meh. That is so different than how the brand is portrayed on screen the last five plus years. Uh, you know, it went from being this kind of, I don't know, like super, you know, I would say like upper middle class status symbol, which is still a high end lovely car, but it's now portrayed as the ultimate driving machine. Like you look at how BMW shows up with Ethan Hunt driving it or some of these, you know, Jack Ryan, you know, it's, you know, it, it's a very different on screen persona. Definitely. And just side note on that BMW and Breakfast Club, that was actually John Hughes's car. That they use for that. I love it. I love yeah. it. They did something. Yep, very cool. And they shot at his uh, his old high school. That's uh, that's where the film took place. So huh. pretty cool. Yeah. Um, anyway, moving on to 1985 as well. Uh, Saint Elmo's Fire. I have to go back because that, that was a very dark episode of Sesame Street. I remember. Right. Brought to you by the letter F. The number eight. Uh, That one was all about loss, right, Eric? There's (laughs) exactly between Breakfast Club and St. Elmo's Fire. And obviously three actors from one carried over to the other. Um, But I really, on a personal note, have to say, uh, John Bender in Breakfast Club, Judd Nelson, is still to this day one of the hottest things I've ever seen in my life. Like, still, I've been watching amazing and he's pretty cute in St. Elmo's Fire, but definitely more doable in Breakfast Club. So, moseying over to St. Elmo's Fire, um, it's a great cast. I mean, seriously, when you have Rob Lowe, Judd Nelson, um, anyway, Ali Sheedy, I mean, Demi Moore. I mean, this was a great cast. Again, John Hughes. First up, Miller Lite. Again, there's cans, there's pitchers. But my favorite part of the bar scene is I hear a voice come moseying into frame 
And I'm like, that is motherfucking Farmer Fran from The Water Boy. Sure as shit. I looked at the credits and that's Blake Clark. I loved it. So that made me giggle. Um, exactly. And by the way, we're going to be doing a Sandler episode because we love him too. Yep. BMW verbal. But again, portrayed bougie. Uh, v, v, my God, I can't talk. There's a VW. Low and brown in the background. Oh, a whole plot line about Chrysler LeBaron. Um, there's a Mercedes, a Jeep, and a Polaroid. Um, not a ton of brands, but the ones that were there made a shit ton of sense. I mean, they spend a lot of time in a bar. You see the beer. They spend a lot of time driving. So there you go. But another absolute must watch. Okay. I'll take your word for it. Shut up. You love it. okay and moving on to 1985 again it was a big year for john hughes associated projects was uh national lampoon's european vacation okay he wrote the script for but did not direct we're gonna be parking here for a long time stop talking you're totally infringing upon my european vacation love yeah just settle down this is absolutely, without a fucking doubt, one of my favorite movies ever. Now, I have spent pretty much all my life waiting to take my kids to London and go, look, kids, Big Ben Parliament. And I'm going to cry now. I literally fucking teared up when I did it. <laughs> like, this movie <laughs> has it all. And I'll post the picture where I made my kids wear berets at the Eiffel Tower. And... I've stayed every time, every time I go to Italy, I stay at the Hotel Nationale. I make them take their picture in front of the, I can't even, how would you pronounce this? Cap Ron in Chetta, like, which is next door. Like this movie, this has it all family travel to Europe. Cause it's something I do often with my kids and my husband. So this is absolutely, I could not love this movie more. Let's start with Regal Car Wash. I had to Google this cause I couldn't tell if, pig in a poke if this was real not real but i found regal car car polish pan am they fly which i thought was great and one of my favorite placements ever is when clark records ellen the wet hot housewife with the jvc video recorder it's amazing like it's absolutely again iconic as hell another seriously non-stop perfect placement of brands flight attendant asked clark do you want your coke here <laughs> coke in the can or here and he's like brilliant they wear vans um when they get to paris i know the name of the hotel i could not find it or remember it but where they stayed is now a millennium hotel and my daughter and i were going to stay there two weeks ago when we should have went to paris for her 16th birthday um yeah and every time i think of paris my youngest not have hated her fucking beret more but i will post the griswold torturing of my children um, I mentioned in Italy, the Hotel Nationale, and then another great fucking scene is Beltrami. I guess that's how you pronounce it on Via, not Via Canditi. What's the shopping street across from Ferragamo by the Spanish Steps? But there's mm-hmm. this boutique where after they lose all their clothes, they go shopping. So I think it's like nonstop, even to the end where there's a whole chase scene in a VW bug. Like every brand in here is perfect. Every reference to a brand is perfect. Um and the movie is absolutely, without a doubt, everyone must see because it, again, it really just captures the, just that idea of traveling with your kids. And I think how the first vacation was sort of, you know, let's get in a car and go. What I liked about European vacation, one, they always changed the kids, but two, the kids were a little bit older. So you have Rusty drunk in a bar. Um, 
you know, so it, it's just kind of fun, like in terms of the stuff. And then what I love is how the family starts getting on each other's nerves after a while. So I think when something oh, yeah. is just so relatable, so much fun, so funny, it's the perfect place to put brands. Because when we talked about Castaway and Wilson, when you have these films that you just love so much, I think the brands associated with the films you love so much, you know, it's a different relationship. And what's so crazy is all brands. I want a big tent pole. I want this tent pole. Sometimes the quirky little comedies. And then when somebody, when we talk about horror, like that's where you want to be because people love these films. Like if I, I mean, if I had a dollar every time we've seen super troopers, I could buy a house. Like, so European vacation, absolute must see absolute, just perfection on brands. It's the best. And no Judd Nelson, which sucks. But yeah, it's still a great movie. Oh, it's amazing. I think uh, I think Amy Heckerling directed that one. She also directed yeah, Fast Times, which is another classic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, well, that, yeah. What's next? Um, might have to watch that again. Uh, let's see what's next. Pre- Pretty in Pink from 1986. John Hughes wrote the script for that one. What's that? I don't like this one that much. <laughs> I mean, it's it's a good movie. It's uh, it's you know, it's not as a, it's not as comedic as some of his other stuff, but uh, it's still a good high school story. People some great actors it. in it: Andrew McCarthy, oh, Annie Potts, Molly Ringwald, James Spader, of course. Um, Ducky, what's his name from Two and a Half Men? John Cryer. Yeah, how could I forget Ducky? Yeah, Ducky. So yeah, it's a. It was a. Yeah, another well-received film. I believe Molly Ringwald had asked John Hughes to write a movie for her based off of the song Pretty in Pink, I think by the Psychedelic Furs, who was her favorite band at the time. Yep. And and that's what he did. Um, wow. Yeah, but any, uh, in this one, brand-wise, there's some, some brands we've already talked about in other John Hughes films. BMW again. Um, there it is. Was, uh, yeah, it was in front of the high school, and then at the end... Got a nice shot of a BMW. It almost looked like it was the same car that we saw in the Breakfast Club. Maybe it was. I'm not sure. Uh, there was a verbal, couple verbals in this one. One for American Express by Molly Ringwald, and one for Coke by her as well. Um, Lay's potato chips. Great placement in that with Ducky. He's holding the bag, talking to Andrew Dice Clay's character. He's a bouncer outside of this bar. Forgot about. Yeah. Uh, yeah 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 so yeah a great shot of the lays chips of course in the 80s lays and doritos were like the two big chip brands for me and lays was talking about that shit still big chip brands for me yeah you can't eat just one i don't know if you knew that but I love pringles anyway no that's lays, <laughs> lays. <laughs> you should probably go eat some uh <laughs> some lays and you'll you'll remember uh, but interesting in this one, um, there was a, well, there was a Max L sign in the record store, which makes sense since they made Cassettes. tapes, of course. Yeah. The big brand back then USA today, uh, used to do a lot of stuff in entertainment marketing. They had a nice shot of one of their machines in a scene with Ducky. He was sitting on another newspaper machine and a great shot of their, their, uh, their brand there. Uh, but Budweiser was interesting in this one because it's a high school film and Budweiser was in a couple scenes in this one, uh, had a hands-on with Harry Dean Stanton who played Molly Ringwald's dad, but Andrew McCarthy picks up a six pack of Budweiser at a house party of high school kids, even though they're seniors still underage. And that's obviously something that wouldn't happen today, but back then 
it was clear as day and uh, they were in the film. So I'm not sure how that one went down, but uh, wow, interesting, uh, interesting placement there for, uh, for a beer brand. Yeah. So anyway, uh, moving on from Pretty in Pink, we're going to stay in 1986 to one of my favorites, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Or if you're talking to my phone, it's Ferris Busker. <laughs> oh, yeah. Wow, and that's, uh, that, that's what they uh, call it over in Europe. It, it released oh, wow, Ferris wow. Busker in Europe. <laughs> Eric, you've seen this one, so we should do a little bit too. Oh, my God. And Sloan is the best. Yeah, name. I am. Uh, babies were named yeah. Sloan after this. Oh, yeah. Ooh, 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 ooh. And what noise is Cameron F- making? Ferris Bueller. Wait. Ah, okay. <laughs> Stop it. Now you're showing off. Sorry, Eric. <laughs> no, that's okay. Ferris Bueller was uh, one of my f- best. Uh, Ferris Bueller was one of my best movie going experiences. Um, I was uh, uh, a f- sophomore in college. Um, I was part of this Sprite film program that uh, we won. And so we got to show our short film at the LA Film Festival where they had a screening uh, for Ferris Bueller's Day Off, which I believe was the. Uh, boy, who was like 2011. So it would have been like the 30 year anniversary, I guess, uh, or 25 year anniversary, I guess. Yeah. Um, and, and they had a big karaoke and me and my film crew all did like this big karaoke thing um, uh, for it and then watched it outdoors at sunset. It was like, oh, sweet. just an amazing. Yeah, it was just an amazing experience. Wow. And, and again, universal. You think that idea of ditching school, mm-hmm. you know? Right, yeah, I mean, it, yeah, I mean, I, I remember seeing that film and just being like, it became my favorite comedy at the time. I mean, it's and still today, I watched it yesterday again. It's uh, it stands up. It's just, yeah, it speaks to anyone out there who's ever been a kid, which we all have, but also just that feeling of wanting to have a day off where you can just do what you want, not have to worry about real world problems. Um, yeah, I mean, he wrote and directed that one, of course. Uh, Matthew Broderick in the lead. Um, Alan Ruck, Mia Sarah, Jeffrey Jones. Jennifer uh, Gray. Jennifer Gray. Charlie Sheen had a yes. small role in it. Yeah. Right. Again, some of the same stuff that we've seen in other John Hughes films. There was a Nike shoes. Jennifer Gray wore Nike in that film. Uh, Carver Stereo. I didn't remember this brand. Carver was the stereo in Ferris's room. And uh, had a great hmm. shot of him using it, but I wasn't familiar with that brand. Uh, Tums, there was a a stack of Tums on um, Ed Rooney's desk with a nice close-up of the brand name, which was cool. Uh, again, there was another Ferrari in this one. Cameron's uh-huh. dad was, uh, had a Ferrari, although I don't think it was an actual Ferrari. They put a different shell on the car. I think it was an MG, and they, they used a different shell to make it look like a Ferrari. Um, there was a seven up signage in downtown Chicago, again, a Pepsi can, uh, student in the high school was using a Pepsi can to collect change to save Ferris. <laughs> That's Jennifer, a great question. Yeah. Jennifer Gray knocks it out of his hand. In, in <laughs> uh, Cobra, there was a Cobra answering machine. Uh, they had a nice shot in that, uh, some Pepsi signage in the pizza parlor, uh, Dodge Chrysler sedan, which was Ed Rooney's vehicle. It got towed away from in front of a fire hydrant and, um, Pepsi Oreos and a Sony boombox were, uh, right outside the pool where Cameron Ferris and uh, Sloan were hanging out in the film. Uh, Ferris was eating Oreo cookies in that scene. And then, a 
Cartier watch on Sloan's wrist had a nice close up of the uh, face. So some some good brands in that one, but uh, also brands that you know were relevant at the time, and a lot of those are still relevant. It just sort of his stories, you know, they were very timely and relatable. And I think having brands like that in these in these films also helped connect to the audience because they're the same things that people were using that kids were using and and consuming in that time. So it just added a bit of realism, I thought, to to a lot of the stories, especially this one. Yep. Hmm. And you're we need to touch upon one of the best fictitious brands on screen. Um Abe Fromer, the Sausage King. Oh, like, Abe Froman, yeah. Oh, that's it. <laughs> Sausage King of Chicago. <laughs> yeah, like I feel like that 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 needs to be mentioned because here's a non-brand that should be a brand. It's like the Catalina wine mixer. Like in some like sometimes I don't know. Do you think Chicago made sausages? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely. Yeah, they've some of the best. Some of the best there. Um, but anyway, so that's Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Uh, we'll move on to the next year in the 80s, 1987, with uh, some kind of wonderful. I tell you, here's another one. Um, branding, not a lot. Corvette, Suzuki Samurai, and the Hollywood Bowl. But really, we're not going to talk about that for the next two minutes because I really have to mention something important. So Howard Deutsch, who directed this, I'm probably saying his name wrong and I'm really sorry. No, you're right. You're right. That's where he met Leah Thompson, the lead. Um, They got married two years later and had two babies. Well, one baby grew up to be Zoe Deutsch, who stars in another one of my favorite movies, Vampire Academy. (laughs) But you think they met on this film. Um, And I think, isn't this the one that Molly Ringwald passed on? Um, Well, yeah, she wasn't in it. I don't know that she passed passed on That kind of caused some waves. Um, And I just have to point out, you know, there's certain films that really capture... You know, yes, it's high school and peer pressure, but one of the fucking best parts of this film is the relationship between Keith and his best friend Watts, played by Mary Stuart Masterson. And I'd also like to point out that Keith's dad shows up in a bunch of movies. Like, John Hughes kind of uses the same actors over and over again. Um, but for anyone who, like, if you're a guy, and I think anyone could relate, where you have that dream girl. So Keith has Amanda Jones. So there's that dynamic. What's it like to actually go out with your dream person? But absolutely, hands down, the best fucking on-screen kiss ever is when Watts is trying to teach Keith, like, hey, you know, you're going on a date. How are you going to kiss her? Because you don't want to fuck this up. So you have these two best friends. And the song is She Loves Me by, oh, is it Stephen Duffy? The best. Because, of course, when these two dipshits start kissing, you're like, he fucking should be with Watts. I mean, that's no question. Because they got great chemistry. They're really good friends. They should fucking be together. And then at the end, ultimately, they are. So I just thought, like, that was just, it was such a sweet scene. And it's so cute to this day. And it's still, yeah, the best on-screen kiss, which has nothing to do with product. But go Suzuki Samurai. (laughs) (laughs) Well-known Howard Deutsch fact. He also directed Pretty in Pink. Another John. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And he gave us Zoe. Thanks, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love her. And I love Vampire Academy. Okay. Uh, anything else to add to that one? Eric, have you seen it? No. <laughs> Eric has nothing. Mm-hmm. All right. Tell us more about that, Eric. <laughs> well, the thing is, when you're part of a conversation and you have nothing to contribute, um, you be quiet. 
No, that's not true. You heard me in your gaming episode. I know what the fuck you people were talking about, but that didn't stop me. I do that all the time, though. I always contribute, <laughs> even when I don't have anything you know, <laughs> interesting to say. You got googly eyes. What more do you need? <laughs> okay, moving on. <laughs> uh, same year, 1987, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. God. One of my all-time favorites. Steve Martin. Now, this is a movie. This is a movie that confused me because back in the day, in the <laughs> early two thousands, there was there was a DVD uh, being sold on commercials called Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, and they were just footage of planes, trains, and automobiles. Oh. And so I had Talk no idea about, it was an actual fucking movie. <laughs> Talk about cashing in on John Hughes, huh? <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, it's it's a classic. It's still an amazing movie. John Candy, Steve Martin are the two leads. Kevin Bacon has a fun little cameo early on in the film. A lot of great character actors in this one. But uh, what a what an amazing story. It's set two days before Thanksgiving. Steve Martin is trying to get back to Chicago for Thanksgiving, and uh, the weather is not playing nice so he ends up having to find various means of transportation to get back there in time for thanksgiving dinner with his wife and two children um came out in 1987 uh there were a few brands that stood out in this one uh forbes had a great placement with steve martin he was reading uh, the magazine in the airport and uh again miller beer in this one we've seen miller lots of times Miller, Cracker Jacks, and Chicklets were all on the motel room table in one scene. Oh, that's right. We did a, there's an Instagram post on this. Yeah. 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 There was, that was a great shot of that. Uh, TWA, not around anymore, but uh, Steve Martin's walking down the runway of the airport uh, and passes the TWA plane. Uh, Casio had a great hands on with John Candy and a verbal with him. That was the watch that he was wearing. And uh, Doritos, one of your favorites, Daphne. Oh. Yeah, hands-on with Steve Martin had a little snack-sized bag of Doritos. He and uh, John Candy were enjoying those little uh, small liquor bottles and eating snacks in a motel room. And John, sorry, Steve Martin was uh, holding a bag of Doritos and drinking tequila at that time. So, living his best life. Oh yeah, yeah, great, great film. Lots of great humor, but also. Got one of the most, I think one of the most moving endings for me in a John Hughes film. Uh, I won't spoil it for those of you who haven't seen it, but it's uh, it's it's really something. And a little fun note on that one. They actually shot part of that movie in St. Louis, where I am from. And uh, got the airport in there. And uh, yeah, it was very cool. Very cool to see what it looked like back then. So, and you, have you seen the actual movie, Eric, or just the, uh, the other DVD that had all the planes, trains, and automobiles? Uh, no, just the one. Wait, wait, was this, was Steve Martin, the guy who was the conductor on that train? Um, you know, the train with the, on the track, you know, it went choo-choo, Was Steve Martin, the conductor on that. No, like but five minutes of that going. train. Just keep going. This one sounds interesting. Okay. Okay, so yeah, so the train was on a track and it went choo choo and it did that for a while. Uh, and then we saw an automobile later on. Okay. No, Daphne is this a bit working. <laughs> is this bit is this bit working for you guys? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I almost bought in. 
Uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, our next one is uh, we're, we're we're almost to the end of the eighties now. Our next one on the list is she's having a baby from nineteen eighty eight. I rewatched it last night and I see why I haven't seen it since 1980 something. I didn't like it. However, <laughs> Kevin Bacon's last name is Briggs. So I thought that was kind of cool. I thought his wife was the most annoying person on the planet and you had a young, hot Alec Baldwin. Now, as far oh, as. Really? Okay. <laughs> um, it, Stroh's was a beer, right? Um, hot, hot Alec Baldwin is redundant. Thank you. <laughs> oh, that's true. It's implied, right? Yeah, that's true. Exactly. <laughs> Wait, was there a beer, Stroh's? There was, yeah, Stroh's beer. Diet Pepsi, Neiman Marcus Verbal, Ritz-Carlton Verbal. And what I thought was really cool is Kevin Bacon worked for an ad agency. And in the lobby was this huge Michael Jordan, you know, ad with him eating McDonald's. I thought that was cool. And again, BMW portrayed as the most boring brand in the world. But it's nice to see that they've really fixed that. Um, Yeah, I did like that movie <laughs> and then I, I think i fell asleep for the ending <laughs> even what it is, is i expect but in terms of the evil if you look at his movies through the 80s you're in high school you're coming out of college it's you know that next step of how do you survive after college the you think having a baby's the next progression you know so it's sort of on par with where his stories go after that. Cause once we go to the nineties, we have home alone, which is really all about family. So I, I, I think it's completely, I mean, it makes sense for him and I appreciate it, but I was, I was expecting something where I, you know, I just want something that feels like a big hug and that wasn't it. I just wanted to punch his wife the whole time. Oh, I shouldn't say that. That's fine. Mm-hmm. It was so annoying. <laughs> when you stop taking your birth control to get pregnant, man trap women suck. Like I can't with that. And that's when she lost me. Well, kind of like, like, let's jump back to St. Elmo's fire, like Emil Estevez being all stalkery with, um, oh God, what the hell's her first name? McDowell, the really pretty one with curly hair. <laughs> what, Andy McDowell? Yeah. Like he fully stalks her. Like this oh, wow. is really not okay. Like looking back at that, like, no, like, so I have to, I feel I'm going to call out bad boy behavior if I'm going to call out bad female behavior because women who get pregnant to trap a guy you're just a fucking asshole anyway so yay some brands yay alec baldwin (laughs) i can tell you really like that one yeah Uh, okay well we're we're at the end of the 80s now Um, one more for you oh what was that (laughs) excuse me covid (laughs) yeah All right, and the last one on our list today is from 1989, and it is Uncle Buck with John Candy. Oh, my God. How did that, like, absolutely the best? Holy shit. It seemed to come out of nowhere. I mean, it was just like, I don't know, but what a great film. Uh, Macaulay Culkin, who popped up. Yeah, young Macaulay Culkin, yes. And then, okay, go on with the brands. Like, Uncle Buck's yeah, I mean, there, there were actually a good amount of brands in this one. Uh, the Nabisco Easy Cheese. That was uh, <laughs> and actually something I enjoyed when I was uh, younger in the 80s. Uh, Miller Lite. Again, Miller was in this movie quite a bit. You had signage. You had beer. Uh, there was a Miller Lite clock in the bowling alley that uh, Buck went to with the kids. Uh, JVC, again, you mentioned JVC. Yeah, yeah there was a TV 
uh, JVC TV in there. Kellogg's Frosted Flakes. John Candy is actually holding a box of those, eating them on the couch next to the dog. It was great, great placement. And then he vacuums himself his shirt with the vacuum next to the couch. Uh, there was a Aunt Jemima pancake mix in that scene where he's making the giant pancakes for uh, for Miles's birthday. Aunt Jemima Butter Light. Like Aunt Jemima is the only syrup I'll use. Well, this was just the pancake box, the mix of the box. But uh, yeah, yeah, uh, great shot of that. And then you had Tide again. You mentioned Tide and Mr. Mom. There was Tide detergent and cheer detergent in this one because uh, he's doing laundry, but he can't figure out how to do the washing machine. So he's doing it in the sinks in the kitchen, which is pretty awesome. <laughs> wiping the laundry too, right? What's that? Wait, does he microwave it to dry it? He does, yeah. <laughs> he's put them in the microwave to dry the clothes. Uh, he had a Federal Express verbal uh, from Marcy, the uh, nosy neighbor from across the street. Uh, there was a Cheetos bag with Maisie, the daughter, carrying uh, Cheetos up the stairs. And then there was a slice can with Macaulay Culkin. I don't remember Slice. It was a big rival to Sprite yeah. back then. Wow. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. Lots of good brands. Again, they all felt very realistic in the setting. And uh, they're obviously very timely at, the, at at that time in history. I mean, that's what people use. That's what kids used. I, I used many of those myself, and we had many in our house. But uh, great story. Uh, really Again, great performances by John Candy, Amy Madigan, who plays his yeah. uh, on again, off again girlfriend. Uh, the stuff with the kids was What's her name? Hilarious. What's that? What's her name? Which one? Should oh, be- uh, Shanice. 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 Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, some just great performances. And again, there was a lot of heart in that one. I felt I felt that was similar to planes, trains and automobiles as far as you had a lot of great humor, a lot of great situations. Um, but you also had a lot of, I thought, moments that were moving, touching. So, oh. yeah, connected with the audience in several on several levels there. And I think that translates to the brands. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Have you seen that one, Eric? Eric? I like the part in St. Uncle Buck. Um, or in St. <laughs> Elmo's Fire where the tall, the tall blonde one. Um, no, but I'm back on St. Elmo's Fire. The tall blonde one. Um, Big Bird, I think, is its na- her name. Steve Martin. Um, she's like, hey, fire. Elmo, let's light this thing on fire. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> ow, ow, that hurts. Okay. No, this this doesn't tickle at all. <laughs> true, true. <laughs> Um, going back to these films, I think the big winner is Chicago. I love the use of location. If I haven't already talked about the bridges of Madison County ad nauseum, I will. I, I, my first trip to Chicago was 2018 and it was one city I cannot wait to see. Just you think from Ferris Bueller, all the sort of cityscape. What? Shermer, Illinois. Is that the city you're talking about? No, I'm talking about Chicago. Well, no, but Shermer is where John Hughes places all of his stories. And then they actually, I fucking hate you. I'm so glad I don't have to see you anytime soon. <laughs> oh, oh. Biggest fucking pouch of glitter. <laughs> no, but Chicago, like every, like after seeing that, and they actually have John Hughes tours. And the first time I went, I didn't have enough time to actually go take that. But they have, you know, sort of, here's all the locations. Because you think that suburb, and actually... One of the houses, I want, did you guys hear that bird outside my window? Jesus. What the oh, f- I saw you pointing. Which, what are I, you pointing at? 
bird had issues with what I was saying, but one of the houses, I think for Ferris Bueller is in Long Beach, actually. But uh, it's hmm. a view of America. I think it made Chicago, you know, downtown seem lots of fun. But anyway, it's just a city I really, really want to go to because so many wonderful movies have been shot there. So it's a city I was really excited about exploring and I can't wait to go back. Backdraft. That's a fucking downer. Speaking of Baldwin's <laughs> with Billy. <laughs> but it made downtown look so fun, you know. <laughs> <laughs> While you were sleeping made it look nice. But no, I mean, I think it's just a it's a as much a love story about Illinois and his upbringing, you know. So anyway. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I mean, it, it was I like, too, that it was set there. I mean, most of his stories were set there. In the suburbs, because I grew up in the Midwest in the suburbs too, and uh, natural time zone for those who need to know. Yeah, that's that's kind of the biggest thing I think people relate to. Eric, I think you have your to watch list, and I'm going to go have a Miller beer. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> yeah, I think you. I think we should start with she's having a baby, Eric, and then um, I don't know, maybe pretty. You know. On- <laughs> Honestly, um, I, I already did put it in order for um, I put it in order for planes, trains and automobiles. I got the whole disc set. So it's about a good 20 hours of footage. Um, I want to see that, by uh, the way. Mostly automobiles, but some trains and planes. OK, well, that's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but seriously, uh, you know, John, John Hughes was a he's he's still uh, he's left his his mark on on the film industry, on entertainment. I mean, you can still go back and watch his movies today and they're they're just as good. I mean, he really had a an incredible voice and uh, we were very fortunate that he uh yeah, he made as many films as he did before his untimely death. So Wait, yeah, what? But, Spoiler, what ha- where did, how did John Hughes die? Uh, he had a heart attack. <laughs> I had no idea. Yeah. Oh. He was only he was in his 50s, his late 50s I think he died sadly. So yeah, he had a heart attack. He's- so yeah, so yeah, if you haven't okay. seen any of his films or only some of them, definitely go check them out. Uh, great stories, great characters. The brands you see in them will ring true, uh, just like they did back when they first released. Okay, well that uh, wraps up our episode for today. Uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, this is Craig, and that's Daphne. <laughs> Thank and that's you, Eric. <laughs> they can't talk oh, right now. They're eating submarine sandwiches at the time. <laughs> If, uh, yeah, if you want to reach out to us at all, you can find us at info at entertainmentmarketingconfidential.com. Thanks again and uh, stay safe out there. Bye.